The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello, everybody. Welcome to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United Podcast. Thank you for being with us tonight, today, whenever you're joining us. Uh, we have a South Yorkshire derby uh, to talk about. Nil-nil draw. Nil-nil, but still plenty to cover, so we'll go through all that. Uh, Mick is with us on time, Mick. Well done. Only just. Only just, <laughs> I just. I just need to correct you there. It's not a derby. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I love him. <laughs> Thank you for being with us. Uh, Danny is with us as well. How are you doing, Danny? I'm doing good, thank you. How is everybody? Wonderful today, thank you very much. And Joy from London Mills is back with us. How are you doing, Joy? I'm very good, thank you. Nice to be back. Lovely to have you with us. Um, so, yeah, let's go through it. We'll go through who's in the comments first. And we'll, good evening to Josh Hinsliff, Bazza, Paul Brock, Sarah Ogden says, Evening all, happy household all around after yesterday's result. YouTube user says, Good evening, gentlemen. I bet there's not many teams taking four points off them this season which is a very valid point, I think. Um, Scott Grundy, Harvey Kellick, Dave Lawton, Andrew Kelly, there's loads of you this tonight. Thank you, being, thank you for being with us um, so far. Uh, so, nil-nil, Danny, let's start. We're going to go into some individual performances later on because there's lots to talk about, but a point against a team that are probably Premier League bound, four points, as, as we just mentioned, four points off from this season. You happy with that? I mean, they didn't look Premier League quality to me. <laughs> oh, we've cast the line out already. Um, but no, yeah, on a serious note, Sheffield United have had a really good season so far. It's just not they've had a good season against us, have they? Um, you know, you look at some uh, results, you know, for example, beating Burnley 5-2 and Burnley's, what, 8-10? No, uh, a fair whack of points. 20, are they 20 clear at Blades now? 20 clear in third place. Oh, but they're still a fair whack clear of Sheffield United. I think it's 10-ish points, something like that. So they're not messing about this season. But to say we made them look average, I think, and kept them out really well. Um, 
it just goes to show what a good job uh, Matt Taylor's doing and the new additions are doing in the squad as well. Because uh, it was a completely different game to the one at Bramall Lane. I felt Sheffield United came at us a bit more this time around, but we equally matched it and kept them out. So um, if you'd have said to me before the day's proceedings, it, it'll be nil-nil, but it'll be a very entertaining nil-nil. Took it yeah. every day of the week. Yeah, I completely agree. Joy, is that assessment same for you as well? Absolutely. I thought the back one were absolutely magnificent. And it was a, a full team performance. It was very difficult to pick a man of the match because you could have given it to at least half a dozen people. It was a top, top performance against a team that are up there and are likely, as Danny said, likely to be in the Premiership next year. Hmm. Yeah, completely agree. Harry, Harry says, if Sheffield United score one against Watford, we will be the only team in the league not to concede against them. Which should, we should be pretty impressive. Wow. Um, uh, Geraldine Sims says, lots of fans mourning on her train journey home. Um, though she had a Sheffield grin, which we like. Um, Mick... Chef, we know. Chef, let's talk, let's have two minutes on them. Sort of give any a praise if you, if you feel like giving them praise. Um, we know how good a team they are, but they didn't. Who's getting the credit here? Are we getting the credit for stopping them, or are they saying they have had another off day against us? <laughs> well, they're a quality side, aren't they? There's there's absolutely no doubt about it. They are a quality side. Probably, well, each, each the league table says second best side in the division. I would argue. They, they, they're, they're almost as good as Burnley in a different way uh, in terms of the quality that they've got in that squad. Um, but they're not good enough to, to to deal with the way we play, it would appear. You know, there's, there's, there's remarks, obviously, on social media about us dragging them down to our, our level. Well, that's not our fault. You know, if you're not good enough, you're not good enough, I would argue. Um yeah. But I mean that comment is a stupid comment. Clearly, um, you know it's that's not what this is about, and that's not what yesterday was about. Um, we had a game plan, and we executed it almost perfectly, um, not perfectly enough because we didn't create enough chances. Um, but we stopped them creating any chances. Realistically, I mean, if there were two chances, two clearish chances in the game, that's as many as there were. Mm. You know. Um, I've I, I no criticism against Sheffield United. They, they are quality, and 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 I, I don't know whether you want to go into any of their players specifically um, now or later. It's up to you. I don't know, but um, they, they've got some very very good players. But we we managed them very very well. I think very well. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Baza says here, if Sheffield United are looking for McBurnian and Die, tell them to check Cam Humphries' pocket. Um, Danny, we know how good those two guys are. We know, we know how good Dan, uh, McBurney is, we know how, and, and, and Sanderberg as well. We know how good Sanderberg player is. They didn't have a, didn't have a sniff, all three of them. You know, McBurney, uh, it's to, just where he came up, had to come almost to the halfway line to try and get the ball and try and do something. Um, and if players like that are having to do that, that means we are doing a hell of a job on them. Yeah, I mean, there were at times where I forgot McBurney was on the pitch. Yeah. And, you know, a few people have said that to me as well. Um, we just effectively nullified him. We didn't quite nullify Ndai as much, I feel. Um, but McBurney was just kept quiet. Same with Bird as well. You know, he was just kept quiet. You know, the main battle in midfield was actually Ollie Norwood against Ollie Rathburn. Mm. 
Um, and you would have thought Bird would have had you know a field day against Ollie, you know, because he's about seven foot two, <laughs> isn't he? Um, but yeah, kept quiet. Uh, front two kept relatively quiet. Didn't really have that many clear cut chances. I think I'm, I miss Victor's in the first half because unfortunately I was getting a pie. Um, <laughs> but I was told by our last he did pull off a good save in the first half quite early on. And after that, it was just standard Victor, to be fair, against him. Um, yeah, like I said, we just made them look average. They've got brilliant players. I think Berg is worth, what, 30 mil, according to Sheffield United, or at least that's how much he turned down. Um, and if he's worth 30 mil, I saw this on Twitter, we have been absolutely done over by accepting one, uh, 1. 1.5 mil for Barlasser and Crooks from Middlesbrough. Mm-hmm. Because if Berg liked that against us, no, he's not worth it. He, he wasn't worth 30 million yesterday. We'll say that. No, he wasn't. <laughs> no, he wasn't. You nailed Sanderberg yesterday. And bear in mind, this is only on one, one performance. So, this is obviously not a, a, an indication of what he's like in real life. However, uh, you, you you nailed it yesterday. You said to me, it looks like he's an under under 14 playing up two years in under 16 because he's tall. And that's exactly what he was like. They were like an under-14 playing an under-16 side, completely lost. Didn't know what he was doing. Um, it got a, it got a, the the it got a bit of Jason Taylor about him. Mm. You know, running from edge of one box to edge of other box and not actually doing all in between. Um, I was very, very, very disappointed in Berg. I thought he was a decent player on yesterday's showing, and it is only on yesterday's showing. If he's worth thirty million, I'm, I'm getting my boots back out because there's no <laughs> way on this earth. He's worth that amount of money. McBurney and and Jay, a completely different kettle of fish. I was that was the first time I seen Ollie McBurney in the flesh in a game, um, and I was hugely impressed with him. I'll be honest. Um, I, I, he, he causes a lot of problems um, in terms of getting back, getting the ball back. Not in terms of in front of goal because you know he didn't. And Jay, as you said, was is, is class. There's no doubt about it. He's a class act. Um, but you know, as a team together, they weren't classy enough yesterday, in my view. Mm. Yeah, uh, John Morrell, uh, Birmingham fans, has never rated Berg himself. Never understood the hype and dies utter quality. Won't be at Sheffield out for long. I know John, as a Birmingham fan, will have had a very, very good weekend. I mean, seeing the Swansea result, yeah, um, very happy about that. <laughs> can, well I just, can I just comment on Indaye? Uh, I think um, Humphreys must be sick of turfing out his pockets and finding him there because that's twice now. <laughs> it's it's it twice. Is, yeah. He had him in his pocket at Bramall Lane. He had him in his pocket again. And I know yeah. we've just touched on this earlier, but we have a possibility of being the only team that doesn't concede to Sheffield United. Mm. Crazy. Like that would be a, an absolute madness, and I think it is down to Cameron Humphreys because he played a blinder. Yes, did he? Yeah, we'll go on to that in a sec. Um, John S says Sky said we kept him at arm's length, just shot long shots, Joy, and I think that's right. I thought at times they moved the ball really nicely. You know, from defence to probably the eighteen yard eighteen yard box, I thought they moved it really really nicely. But then when it got to then, we were so compact, there were no space to get in and around us. And it's just about allowing... You're never going to be able to press teams all the time. You're going to have times where they're going to get through you. But we were so solid at the back, the back four, and Victor was so solid yesterday, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what, I, in my first comments, it was like that back four were, you know, absolutely awesome. I think that's probably the best they've played all season. I mean, I know they've not played in that 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 
those personnel have not played together. I don't think they've played together at all, have they? Because Hall's so. just come back. I mean, yeah. Hall, to say he's been out since before Christmas was... Yeah, I, I know we've missing. You know, Morrison's gone, and he, he showed it really well in those two games. But did we really miss Morrison uh, with Hall being back? I don't think we did, did we? And uh, you know, like we said, Humphreys, it, it, it just seems to be getting better and better. Helder, I mean, yeah, the, the first five minutes were a bit dodgy, but it seems to be a bit dodgy in the five minutes of most games. Mm. And then you grows into them, and Peltier is like a different fella. You know, know it's, great, it? it's a totally different <laughs> kettle of fish, and you know, there's you know, when you when you look at uh, and poor old Bailey, right, you have to feel a bit sorry for him. You know, what did he do? Come on, try to add a ball here, head instead, and then went off. You know, so uh, well, we have got some strength in depth there now, haven't we? Uh, but the whole back four were awesome, and even when Harding came on, he didn't put a foot mm. wrong either. Not so. True. You know, and you know, he had to come in on for at least the last fifteen, wasn't it? So, mm-hmm. well, hats off to them all. And the midfield were solid. Coventry got grew into the game. Mm. Yeah, you know, you know. I mean, yes, he's not Dan, obviously, but you know, I, I can see uh, a, a prospect there with Coventry. Ollie was Ollie, and I mean, well done. I mean, if anybody deserves to be captain, it's Ollie. I mean, he leads by example. He was covered every blade as grass as usual. Um, and Victor was just Victor. I mean, you know, it didn't have that many saves to make. That little, that in the first half, there was that one that looped up off of the player and he had to sort of uh, claw that away. And then that little scuff shot from £30 million Sander Berg. And I think that was about it. Oh, and a couple of, oh, that header that Amadov, whatever his name is, the defender put over right in the middle of the goal mm. when he should have scored. But yeah. the best chance was a Dolphins. Was, yeah. By a country mile. Mm. The best ga- uh, chance of the game was a Dolphins. Big time. Yeah, it were. Uh, you mentioned Bailey Wright, Shelley Hears, but what do we make of Bailey Wright's debut? Um, I've gone back and watched the footage and noted some times down for you just to make you all chuckle. That is all right, which is which is why we can laugh about it. Um, he was on. It came on in the sixty-eight minutes and forty-one seconds. He got injured for fifty seconds later, um, and the ball was in play whilst he was on the pitch for three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, <laughs> really unfortunate. But that's the that's the life of a central defender, I suppose, isn't it? You're gonna that's gonna happen from time to time. Um, let's go through. We're gonna start with Humphreys because I thought it was uh, it was sensational. Uh, somebody put a comment here about him being the calmest man on the pitch, but I can't find where it's gone now. But yeah, Danny, Cameron Humphreys, he's just, <laughs> just a different game when he's playing it compared to every other defender. He is so so good. He's so calm. He's so cool. Everything just seems to slow down a little bit when when he has the ball, um, and it, it looks sensational. But next to Hall as well, to be fair. Yeah, definitely. I think um, when he's got his confidence hat on, Humphreys yeah. is like I say, very calm on the ball. But he also adds that calmness to the rest of the defence as well. Um, the previous manager saw the confidence boost in behind having you know the more senior defender if you like next to him to put that confidence into him and then that brought out his um his calmness but I think Taylor's found a new way of doing it because now he's calm on the ball but he doesn't have to have that senior head next to him you know he still has like 
at Hull and Peltier or Wright or Morrison or whoever, but he's also got Helder on the other side of him. And mm. I think if the previous manager had done that, we'd have been a bit mm, about it. But like we've said with Humphreys, he's come on leaps and bounds. He's now got that confidence in himself. And he's showing what he learnt from Guardiola. You know, calmness on the ball, just carry it a bit more forward, wait for the space to appear itself. But if it doesn't, just go back and slow it down. And he's showing that now. He's showing the reason why he did come through Man City's academy, that bit of quality in him. Um, and it's still a madness that Rotherham is his first senior club England. in England. Yeah, yeah. He's, been, he's gone to Belgium and come back. So in a few years' time, um, when you've got your Cameron Humphrey shirts and everything, you'll be able to sell them on for big because we're his first senior club in England. There you go. But, it, <laughs> but in all honesty, absolutely towering performance from Humphrey's. I, mm. I would have said he would. he's probably man of the match. I thought he was, to be honest with you. Um, Shelly RC says one of their fans put on social media thinks he's the best in the league, Cam Humphreys, which is a big shout. Best keeper and best defender in the league, that's cheating. <laughs> Andrew Kelly says, has anybody seen a player as cool and calm as Humphreys? Um, we're obviously big, I know you're a big fan of him, Mick, um, mm-hmm. but just, just talking about Cam Humphreys because we could just talk about him all night. It's it's a bit of a damn ball, that's a situation, this. We yeah. need to enjoy him while we've got him because this man is destined for big things. Yeah. I, I genuinely believe that. Um, I don't know how old he is. Is he 22, is he? 22, 23. I'll check. He's, he's still young. He's, he's, mm. incre- he's very, very young, but he has got talent a million miles beyond Rotherham United. You know, he is, he is absolutely awesome. And as he gets more experience and, and, and starts to develop a little bit more, he will become an absolutely top-class central defender for me. Um, I've been racking my brains today trying to think back to see whether I can I can compare him to anybody, first of all, that we've ever had before. And I can't think of anybody um, who, who, who compares either directly or indirectly is, 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 is different to anything that we've ever had before. But I would also go as far as to say I can't remember anybody that we've had with that amount of class, mm. he's just top draw. Enjoy him while you can, Rotherham fans, because you know, he is destined for big things. And he obviously, obviously, it won't be with us. Um, mm. Hopefully, we can get the contract situation sorted out as quickly as possible. I know he's on a three-year deal, but uh, he's going to be worth a lot of money. And I, mm. I know, I, and, and John in the comments, I'm sure will uh, <laughs> agree with. <laughs> um, I don't know what the right word is. I've, I've been I've been on social media yesterday and today about Suter um, who's gone. Yeah, that's it. It's not quite Harry Suter, is it? Um, it was gone for fifteen million pounds to Stoke City, um, and he is not a patch. He he's not fit to lace Cameron for his boots. Genuinely, he's not fit to lace, lace a lot of centre house boots. That's not that's not a qualification. Um, he's he's like a pound shop Harry Maguire, isn't he? Um, <laughs> But, but the point I'm trying to make is that he's just gone for 15 million quid. Cam Humphries is a better player. Mm. I've nailed the course to the match now. Cameron Humphries is a far, far better central defender. So start to, um, you know, let's start, start the car because he's he's going and he's going for big money. Yeah. If, if anybody's wondering, that little clip there is going on social media this week. I'll tag Leicester fans, Stoke fans, Australian fans. It'll be class. With bikes all over the shop, it'd be great. Please yourself, don't care. (laughs) 
Shelly RC reminds me of Martin McIntosh, good with his feet. Uh, Sean Green says Paul Stancliffe. Um, for me, they were two very different players. Okay. You know, they were more Grant Hall, Grant Hall style, but with uh, with a, a little bit more skill on the ball than uh, than Grant Hall's got. Cameron Fries is a different kettle of fish, in my view. You know, it's all about opinions. Joy might have a different view because she, uh, Joy, you'll have seen both Stancliffe and um, uh, Martin. No, I agree with you, mate. It is is different. Besides that, he's got youth on his side and he's got pace, and they yeah. didn't. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's very much a modern footballer in that sense. Like yeah. ten years ago, centre halves at this level didn't have pace, and he's no. very different. Joy, in terms of he's got that extra yard to him, like it's like Semi did a couple of years ago, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I love it. I love him. Um, talk about Grant Hall as well. That partnership, Joy, you mentioned it a minute ago that we didn't miss Sean Morrison. Grant Hall was up there for Man of Match again. I thought, I can't believe he's not played for, for how long he's played. He was so, so good. I look better in a four than he ever did mm -hmm. when we played a three, I think, as well. I think I think he suits a four at the back as well. Yeah, absolutely. He got his head on absolutely everything, didn't he? Uh, in fact, you know, either his head or his boot was on everything. I can understand him coming off when he did because he must have been absolutely shattered because that was his first game. But I mean, when did he last play? Do you know? When did he last have play? Have a look. It was a while ago. Has he played? Yeah, I don't think he played since the World Cup. Wasn't it? Was it before the World Cup? I think so. I think it was, yeah. Oh, look. It was. Uh, no, he did play against West Brom on the 17th right. of December. Right. I think he came well, on that's late. That's one to forget, isn't it? Let's oh. be honest. <laughs> Yeah, um, before that was the Norwich game, which was 5th of November. So we are talking three months ago. He's properly played a game. So, yeah, mm -hmm. to come in like that, I thought, yeah. Shows the class of the man, I think. Yeah. No. And, I mean, we forget that he's a lone player. We've only got him to the end of the season as well, haven't we? True. So, uh, yeah. It's about staying up. Imagine mm -hmm. if we stay up. You can chuck Cameron for his, at least another year on his contract. Grant Hall convince him to stay you're then starting to look into your head now, aren't we? You're starting to build a bit of a team there. Um, Graham Mason says, Cam's a bit like Carrie Arneson, which I can see that as well. The calmness on the ball. Cam Humphries has got a bit, a bit extra pace um, mm. than Arnie ever had. Uh, I, I would agree probably more with Sarah Sarah's um, uh, comment about him being similar to Sean Barker. I think he's a, full back, is a similar sort of player to Sean, Bar Sean Barker, but it, Sean never really went on it wasn't as good, I don't think. But well, they didn't have the pace that uh, that Cameron Fraser's got, but they're similar in in the way that they play. But um, Cameron Fraser's two or three streets, two or three leagues above where Sean Barker was, and Sean Barker were a player. Mm. Yeah, uh, John Morell says Grant Hall will be available. He ain't ever going back to Borough. No, <laughs> no, no. Um, Jalen Simpson wants to know. First of all, just cover this. The Bailey Bailey right about the the protocol concussion protocol. He could be available for next week's game. I've, I've read through the, the sort of the, the, the protocol, and you've, six days is the earliest you can play again. And obviously, it was we played seven days later, so he could be available depending on if he passes all the sort of certain checks that they've got to go on. Um, but yeah, so maybe he, he, he should be available, but we'll go for, but we don't know. He um, seemed um, <clears throat> off sound mind when we bumped into him waiting outside to get a few things sorted. Didn't mm. he just said that he had a really bad headache. Um, which he is couldn't good. remember what happened. Yeah, which is sort of good. He's, you know, up and about and still 
you know, not had to go off to hospital for it. But yeah, like you said, it's good that they've got that protocol in place now mm. and um, that we are allowed concussion subs. Um, yes. But yeah, so fingers crossed it's all right for the Blackpool game, but, you know, play it by ear for everybody, mm. I think, isn't it? Yeah. Um, let's just get the referees to file the way. We're going 20 minutes in. Graham Scott, Premier League referee. Uh, Mick, you know I'm going to come to you on this one. You know I've got to. Um, I'm going to give my opinion what I thought. I thought he was... <laughs> Terrible in the first half. I thought it was rubbish. He, he didn't want to give us anything. Lots and lots of questionable decisions. But I thought in the second half, he improved significantly. I can't really remember much in the second half where I'm sort of thinking, oh, that's a terrible decision or we're not getting anything again. I feel like he sort of recalibrated at half time. Um, although I could be giving him too much credit. What do you think? Well, we're 25 minutes in before... Well, in fact... Probably longer than that. We're 25 minutes in before he gave us our second free kick and the first one was in our own box. Um, and there have been loads of, of, of stoppages by him uh, in that first half. I thought, it, I, I accept that he's a Premier League referee, um, but it felt, and, and that, for me, and I, it just genuinely felt like in that first half, he was a bit out of his depth. Mm. That's how it felt. Um some of his decisions were quite bizarre, really. Um, and, and again, inconsistent. Um, there were no real big decisions to make within the game, were there? Um, no. So, I, I, I just agree with your, your analysis there. I thought first half he was, he was woeful um, and, and obviously capped it off at the end of the, um, at the end of the half with giving a foul that he'd not even seen. Uh, that weren't even a foul. Um, it, that was just bizarre. That was utterly bizarre. That, um, but then I think I think he's probably had to sit down at half time and you know with his um, with his with his team and thought you know we need to get our act together here because because <laughs> this is awful <laughs> and it was uh, and like you say I think second half he he, he kind of pulled it around a little bit and uh, and weren't too bad. Uh, there were a few instances, weren't there? I think the down that uh, touchline where the the manager manager is mm. instances where the ball's clearly gone out of play um, and not given, um, and then then the foul on Chio, two players, one in front of him, one behind him, climbing all over him, and then somehow Sheffield United get a free kick and ball not even uh, uh, mm. a throw it. Sorry, ball not even go near Chio. So, but you can pick instances out, can't you? And, and you know, he's got to make those decisions on the hoof. So, um, I just felt like you, that first half, he was just, I didn't have a clue what he was doing. Mm. Yeah. Um, Shelley, obviously, so I, I thought it was typical refereeing. We always get nothing in the worst end. Yeah. Yeah, Joy, I think I felt like the same to be honest, first half. I felt like we just couldn't buy a foul and they were getting every little niggle. It was just so frustrating. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It, it had to improve. It, it, it couldn't have been any worse had it continued. It, 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 the first half was, yeah, it was awful. It was, it was like a bit of a bystander, wasn't it? It, mm. it was like it was all going on around him. And he just didn't seem to have any control or any idea of what was going on around him. I know it was a bit, um, you know, 100 mile an hour, but it did improve, as you say, as the second half went on. But he had to. Mm. He, he was awful in that first half. Yeah, um, Ian Cockle says he got he was got rewarded by being the fourth official at Tottenham Spurs at Tottenham uh, Hotspur Stadium against City today. So well done, 
Graham. Busy weekend. Um, they probably watched well it and thought, no, we can't have him running channels or in the middle of the pitch. We'll give him board. <laughs> well, Perhaps that's official where his mind were yesterday. Perhaps his mind were on the touchline at Tottenham as opposed yeah. to being on the field at yeah. New York. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll have to get my numbers right. <laughs> but it, the, the, the foul Mick mentioned about just for our time, Danny, that was bizarre. It seemed like the fourth mm. official gave it, which is not really the fourth official's job, as far as I understand it. Um, no. He's just got to hold the board up and tell managers to calm down, which he couldn't even do that. Um, bizarre, bizarre officiating. Yeah, it, it almost seemed bizarre. Well, you say he improved in the second half, he did, but there were still instances where it's like, come on, get a grip on it. You know, like there was the um, the exchange between Hugh Gill, um, Ahmad, so much other, and um, and then Ollie Norwood. You know, that was just bizarre. I think Hugh Gill did get in his head, but it still needed to be took control of. And then, like we say in the first half, he didn't, he didn't really give us anything unless it was I sort of have to give it sort of things. Um, I'd like to know if Howard Webb was at New York Stadium yesterday because it we've was, seen it before. Yeah. It was. It was. Well, we know what's happened. He's gone down to referee's change room and had a word with him. That's what, that's what, that's what happened earlier in the season against. We were against now. Um, I can't remember what you mean. I know, I know a game where they were oh, yeah, horrendous in the first half. Against but... Watford? I can't remember. It really on its season anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we were atrocious. Howard Webb's gone and had, had a word with him and he's come out and he's done well. Same thing's happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, Graham Scott. Good luck. Um, let's move on. Some questions on here. Jamie says, thoughts on Benny? Seen a fair bit of criticism about him. Mick? Yes, I've seen a fair bit of criticism. Mm. Uh, I don't really get it, to be honest with you. I thought Chio had a Chio game. He wasn't outstanding. Um, but he did what he did. He, he, he got us up the pitch once or twice really, really well. Um, I thought he did okay. Nothing nothing shiny, special. I just thought he did okay. Yeah, fine. They were fine, weren't they? No, no issues. He he, he he had a few decent runs in that first half. He got pulled about, ragged about, kicked all over the place. Didn't get any, he didn't get anything for it. Um, it's going to be discouraging for anybody. Um, I, I don't understand why there's any criticism of him, but you know, he's not signed a new contract yet and all this sort of stuff. Where it's, maybe that's just a bit of a teeing up for, for a moan for people. Mm. I, I don't know. I've no idea. Maybe he's, he's, he's sort of the next target of, of the social media outcry, you know what I mean? I don't know, whatever. Uh, I thought he were all right. He, he didn't put, like you said, he didn't pull any trees up, but he were, there were no no real issues with him as far as I could see. Just, just got on with it. Yeah. Needs to get back working on crossing. His crossing was poor. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's not played, I suppose from that point of view, he's, he's not played out wide for a, for a while properly. So no. he's not needed to cross the ball. I can't remember last time Gio needed to cross the ball. So maybe he's just got to get back in rhythm and that t- type of thing, really. Maybe. But let's be brutally honest. Has he ever been one of his best no. qualities True. crossing the ball? Yeah. You know, I, I think he needs probably two or three attempts before he gets at least one over. But the mm. other thing is, I think it might be the fact about people's expectations yeah. around because everybody else has gone up a notch and he's still at the same level, if that makes sense. Perhaps everybody mm. else has caught is standard of, uh, you know, of, of you know, within a matchup. I don't know. Perhaps it's all levelling out. Now we've got a better quality of uh, player in. 
I know people are sort of using these conspiracy theories about him wanting to leave and not signing a new contract, blah, 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 blah. It's not in his interest to not put in performances, otherwise he's not going to get a move anywhere better than Rotherham, is it? So, I mean, give your head a wobble, you know what I mean? (laughs) I agree completely. Uh, Cheryl Stone says Paul Davis gave him a 5 out of 10, gave other 7s or 8s. Yeah, I think 5 is probably a bit harsh, um, but we all see the game differently, don't we? Mm. That's, That's the beauty of it. Um, let's move on, Danny, to some, back to some positives. Um, Reyes Medley says, how good was Hugo? He only, only played about 60-70 minutes, but I've already fallen in love with another Robin United striker. He was absolutely everything I want from a striker. He was big and strong. He was aggressive. He won the ball most of the time in the air. He was very, very good with his feet. He was completely non-stop. I, that's just what I want. He's exactly what I want to be my number, well, number 10, as it is. Just so good yesterday. Yeah. He is what a player we've got there. What an experienced player we've got. Um, he just—I I described it on the post matches. He's a bit like a Rottweiler, you know. If it, like he's really soft as a brush and really to get on with and everything. But if you get on the wrong side of him, he'll have you. And unfortunately, <laughs> I'm just going to refer to him as number fifteen because I can't pronounce his surname. But Sheffield United's number fifteen got on the wrong side of him, and that is exactly what we need in a centre forward—one that gets stuck in, but one that's got the quality. And runs him sent into the ground because, like, we bumped into a few players after the match, and he was just gone. He was exhausted nice, yeah. after that game. Um, and even if he plays, you know, 60, 70 minutes per match, if he's that big of an influence for his period on the pitch, fantastic stuff. Um, and he's already said in interviews he's here to work hard, maybe not score that many goals because that was never really his game, but to bring the team on. And if he's brought the team on, that much with his presence, all for it. Absolutely all for it. Just a shame he didn't score, that's all. Yeah. If he'd have scored yeah. in front of the cop end, nuts. He'd have gone absolutely <laughs> nuts. <laughs> it in chaos, yeah. There's there's a lot of the Michael Smith about him, Mick, isn't there? Um, mm. I, I, on one viewing, and it's only one viewing so far, it looks like he's got more to his game than Michael Smith, to be honest with you. But he has a lot of what Michael Smith had that we we've been crying out for for yeah. whatever it's been six months or something now. He's got the ability to hold the ball up. He's got that physicality. As much as we all love Connor Washington, because we do love Connor Washington, he ain't got that physicality and that hold up play that we yeah. need. And Hugel's got that. And yeah. Matt Taylor's clearly identified that, gone out and gone above and beyond, as Matt Taylor said, to get the right man in. Uh, and it it feels like a, an amazing start. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I thought. I thought he did really, really well. Um, like you say, we, we've we've been missing that target man. We've been the, the balls when the ball's gone up front in the past this season, particularly Chio up there. It's not stuck because that's not Chio's game. Uh, if it goes up to Connor Washington, if you want him wanting him to hold it up, it's got to go to his feet, which makes it a little bit more difficult to get that ball up there. He can do it, but you know he, he's not going to win an aerial battle against against anybody, is he? You know. Um, so, so yeah, he's, he's just what he wanted, and 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 he's just got that little bit of an edge to him as well, hasn't he? Mm. Which, which Smithy didn't have. Smudge no, didn't it was too nice, wasn't it? Yeah, he didn't really have that edge. Hugel's got that edge as well, you know. He, he clearly got into some of those defenders' heads on Saturday, clearly, mm. um, and and that's what you need, you know. I, I, I can't remember. I had a conversation with somebody over over a weekend, and you know, when you when you when you're young and you're as a defender. You know, you're always told to, to leave one on him, you know, let him know you're here, let him know you're here as a defender. Mm. Not quite as easy with a striker, but Hugel is one of those strikers that will let the defenders know he's here. 
they will let it. They will let them know they're going to have a game. Mm. Smithy weren't quite that sort of player, so it's got that edge as well. So we'll have to wait and see how it progresses. Um, you know, but on the face of it, on the basis of that sort of sixty minutes or so, what we'll, it's what we've been looking for. So mm. let's see, let's see. But I, I was quite impressed with him yesterday. Yeah, mm. as much as good as he played well, as well as he played, Johnny. Sorry. Uh, it was difficult to judge his sort of attacking prowess because he never no, nobody created anything for him. If he was going to score, it would have been out of nothing. So we can't really judge his sort of strikers goal scoring pedigree yet from that one game, can we? No, but as Mick said, we can uh, judge him into how he occupies a defence, which he did mm. very well. Mm. I mean, he had them two centre halves running rag running round ragged, didn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. And you know, I mean. Even when they got him on the floor, he was crawling along on all fours, and you know they didn't. He did that twice, didn't he? And yeah. still ended up getting the ball. And you know they were screaming for hand ball and everything. And it, yeah, it just really got up their noses. You could tell mm. they were, you know, really che- che- cheesed off with him and quite happy to see the back of him when he went off. I think. <laughs> uh, but no, I you know I think there's there's definitely promise there, and it'll be interesting to see. I, I think I've seen a few comments like you know. Wonder what it'd be like with him and Wash on the pitch at the same time, with him running the channels. Mm. You know, if he can sort of occupy the uh, central defenders and lay off, etc. You know, will the, that give Washington more opportunity to mm. get in behind and slot mm. a few away? Mm. Yeah, Same with um, with Kelly as well. That's the Hugo yeah. and Kelly as a front two. That would be very interesting. Mm. Yeah. Um, Daniel, let you defend yourself. Michael Miller says, "Sorry, we've had a striker and his job is not really to score goals." <laughs> Run that by me again. I know what you're saying, Danny. But, uh, <laughs> what, what I'm saying is that Hugo hasn't <clears throat> really been p- prolific mm. in his pa- in his past. Like whether that's down to, down to game time or what. I mean, he's only got 80 career goals in all competitions. And yes, I saw your comment, Shelley. So I've got up the numbers. <laughs> um, but yeah, what, what I mean is, like like he says himself, you know, is. Uh, Hold up the ball, he's strong, he gets in the reds and winds him up, and he's able to contribute elsewhere on the pitch. I'm not mm. saying he's not going to score goals, I'm just saying he's an open contributor as well as doing it himself. Mm. Yes, agreed. Uh, just on the Michael Smith comparison, maybe because he's the most recent thing we've really got to compare him against. Mm. One of the things that Smith has struggled with is if he came up against a, an absolute seven foot defender, he really struggled. He, he, he always lost that physical battle when the guy was stronger than him. Yeah, Yesterday, yeah. Hugo wasn't really as big or as, he didn't look as strong as the, their defenders, mm. but he still caused them problems for 90 minutes. And maybe that's, again, a step up from where we needed to be uh, had Smithy stayed made. I, I, I feel bad being harsh on Smithy, to be honest with you, but this is how I'm just sort of seeing it initially. It's a step up and it's an upgrade in terms of the aggression. You know, um, Smithy was never an aggressive player. He's not an aggressive player. You know, he's not got that. I don't think he's got that in his locker. Um, and and when when he was able to when he's able to um, use his ability against defenders and not get bullied, he, he was fantastic. Yeah. But he did get bullied. Uh, he was susceptible to being bullied. Hugel ain't going to be bullied by anybody. He no. is not going to be bullied by anybody. There's no question about that. I mean, I'll nail that one to mass straight away. Um, it, so yeah, in, in that sense. Again, it's based on one game, in it? Yeah, know? absolutely. Uh, but he's, he has got the pedigree behind him as well. Uh, you know, I, I don't care what anybody says. You know, you don't go for 10 million quid in championship and not have something about you, mm. you know, whatever. Um, so, it, 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 
we'll have to wait and see. Gilles have a few more games out of him yet, but um, it, it, the, the, everything looks rosy at the moment in that uh, in that particular garden. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll be harder to bully off the ball than mm. Smithy because he's got a lower centre of gravity. Yeah, um, the way that you know he's built, he's a bit bulkier, and his centre of gravity is lower, and therefore he'd be harder to push off the ball than say Smithy was, whose centre of gravity was a little higher up because mm. of his height, if that makes sense. So sometimes yeah. you don't necessarily have to be six foot two to be a centre forward, yeah. as long as you've got the uh, you know the necessary skills in other areas, and that specific that centre of gravity is sometimes a, a better. Uh, you know, you're going to be diffi more difficult to shove off the ball, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does, absolutely. Um, John Helberg, fan, says he's no Jukovic. He's, he's like Jukovic, just not quite as good. <laughs> I'm interested, actually, and genuinely interested in John's previous comment about Matt Derbyshire, uh, which I think you'd, you'd start in the comments there. Um, yeah. Which... Uh, Matt Derbyshire that sent that centre shutter down my spine. What a useless pile of! It's, it's really interesting that, and and, and well, well, there's there's a few people said that about Hugill, and they've said it about various other players that are to our place and our faith about that suitor. You know what I mean? Mm. But a player can find his home. He can find his place for a period of time. You know what I mean? And when Matt Derbyshire came to us, he was absolutely outstanding. He was outstanding. Mm. And it's not just about the players' abilities, it's about the environment that is in the team that is in, the manager that is with and everything else. Um, so it's, it's, it, it's not quite as simple as he's a crap player, he's a great player. You know what I mean? Um, and, and that, for me, that comment from John there just kind of sums that up. Because uh, Matt, Matt Derbyshire weren't a pile, of, a pile of garbage for us. It yeah. may have been for Birmingham, but he weren't for us. I think he scored for us against Birmingham, actually. Yeah, possibly. Right. Yeah. I might be upset John more than anyone else. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, John Morell says at the time they were in the Premier League uh, and they yeah. had Foster and Dugary. I mean, you compare him to Christoph Dugary. So yeah. I don't know what you expect, John. <laughs> 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 they were quite a good player. Um, yeah. Um, YouTube user needs a pound in the pot. He says the previous manager would not have had him in the dressing room. He did try to sign him for Derby, apparently. Uh, so. Can't, can't let me have that one, unfortunately. <laughs> Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, Gillian Simpson says, we're so pleased for Ollie. Let's talk about the captain for the day and probably the captain for the foreseeable future, Joy, uh, Ollie Rathbone. Um, there's always a worry when somebody first takes with the armband, what's it going to do to the game? Is it going to put another weight on the shoulders and try to drag them down? Is it going to push them too high and maybe get sent off? Just do something silly. 
but it didn't. It was just the same old Ollie Rathbone leading by example, and it was just sensational again. Yeah, absolutely. Again, up there for man of the match as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's. I think he's been the player of the season so far across. You know. The twenty uh, odd games that we've had, um, I don't think there's anybody. You know, they've all had, you know, little bits where they've um, excelled and then dipped a bit. But I think Ollie's been pretty much uh, at, at that particular high level for the best part of the season so far, and he deserves the captaincy. And let's be brutally honest: if you're wanting somebody to lift the team and for them to uh, mirror, then you, you you know you want Ollie, don't you? Who puts in 110 percent runs himself ragged for 90-plus minutes every game. Yeah, you know, sometimes he does mistime the odd tattle. And he's not backward in coming forward, is he? No. <laughs> you know, he'll, he'll run up to the ref and tell him what he thinks. And that's what you need. Mm. You know, and that's what you need. You know, I mean, we might have to rein that in a little bit more as captain and be a little bit more pragmatic when supporting his, his, his team. I don't know. But, you know, where was it last year that's... No, was it at Coventry when he was having a go at somebody? And he wouldn't let it go, and he wouldn't let it go. I can't remember. Was that early this season? Early this season at Coventry, wasn't it? Yeah. It was Coventry, weren't it? Yeah, or was it? it? No, Stoke. One game this season. That yeah. it, it was an away game, and he, he wouldn't yeah. let it go. And I thought he's going to get himself to talk himself off this pitch <laughs> if he's not careful. You know, so he might have to sort of rein it in a little bit, but it's well-deserved, I think. And I can't think of anybody else under the circumstances who deserves it. Mm. No, I agree. Completely agree. Uh, Kim Hayward says, love Ollie, what's the yellow card situation? How many does he have before he gets a match ban? He is currently on six yellow cards. He can get 10 yellow cards up to the game week 32. Uh, and then if he gets, if he does get 10, that's a two-match ban. Like, But he is on six. That's a six. He's on six and we're on game week 29. So he is more than safe unless he gets well. He can't, can he? Well, yeah. He can't. He can't get to ten before then. So he's safe, safe as houses, which is quite impressive. Say he was very close to the five mm. yellow cards after before nineteen games. Uh, very impressive. Uh, Shelley sees now is the time. Only to contract. He's got the armband currently. So let's show how much he is valued. I was talking this. I think we were talking to Mick and Ben before the game yesterday, Danny, about Ollie Rathbone that. It's a bit of a low-risk contract offer because, touch wood, there's no injury concern. You know, use Chio as an example. Chio has history of, is- of big issues of hamstring. I think it is mm. knee two years ago. Chio has a history of injuries. Rathbone's barely missed a match day squad in two years. So from a financial point of view, it, to me, to the idiot in the room, it makes sense to offer him another couple, of, at least a couple of years on good money because it makes sense that he's not going to, shouldn't get injured, really, based on history. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree, actually. Um, I think with the amount... Because how long has Ollie got on, left on his contract? 18 Is he months. 18 months. I would be having the conversation now about that new contract. And if he's going to be a foreseeable captain as well, you'd want to mm. sort it out relatively quickly. I mean, look at um, Victor's deal, Taylor straight on that more or less when he came in. So it must be a conversation that we're having. And, you know, without Valassari now, Ollie could be the next man up. You know, we've said that Woody might not be in the starting plans. So you do need that next captain up. And if it's Ollie, then we could see that going after season after season. But yeah, I agree. He's low risk, high gain with performance levels. Um, and 
from what we've seen in the transfer window. Taylor's a bit more daring with the players he's coming in and how much money he's going to put on the table for said players, um, whether it's percentage-wise to other clubs or contracts themselves. And with Ollie, it could be a case of whatever he wants to up it to, give it him. Just extend that contract a bit longer because it could be a real key asset in the Championship, mm. purely based on how he's been this season, which he's been yeah. very consistent and very good. Mm. John Morell says we we need to sort contract issues out. He needs to sign by early summer, or otherwise he needs otherwise he needs to go in the summer. That that's the thing, Mick. Where we are now, we're in a good position to stay up. So now is the perfect time for us to say we're going to be fine. We're, we're, we're probably going to be a championship club. Sign on the dotted line, and here we go. If, yeah. if we get relegated in the summer and he's out of contract in twelve months, where's then the incentive to stay? Because we're a league, a league one club. Yeah, we need to get it sorted now. The 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 the, the rumours coming out of the club. Are uh, that this is already they're already on with this, yeah. Uh, and that that seems to be the uh, the kind of the consensus of, of, of people who are close to the club. So um, hopefully it's a, it's a moot point and we don't need to discuss it anymore. Uh, come the summer, he'll uh, he'll be offered another one or even before the summer. Um, but it, it, as John's pointed out, there it's absolutely right. The contract situation for for a lot of players is something that needs to be addressed in terms of how long we let it run down before we start to to look to renew um, new management team in place. Hopefully, hopefully that'll be one of the things that they address. Hopefully so. Shelley RC says Ollie just seemed to limp it off last few games. He's taken a knock and just carried on. Yeah, on, on Saturday he took a knock late on. And just mm. limped about for a minute, and then as soon as the ball came alive again, it went off, off and ready yeah. to go. Um, yeah, uh, Michael Carnell says I've probably tempted fate, saying all oh, it doesn't get injured. Yeah, I touched all the wood I could find. Yeah. Um, so far, he seems good from that point of view. Um, moving on to other home debuts, uh, Carl Scott says Fosu is a different type of Oxo, absolute baller. Uh, join. <laughs> what were your thoughts on Fosu yesterday? Um, that man, that delicious little ball to Odoffin for the header was was pretty special. Yeah, I think we've got another one there. I think uh, they've pulled another uh, one out of the bag, uh, the recruitment team with Fosu, to be honest. I mean, I remember when he went up with Brentford the season before mm. last, was it the season or the season before? Whenever they went up with Brentford. Mm. He was one of their standout performers, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, and he, he was excellent and... Um, I was surprised when he went out on loan uh, to Stoke at the beginning of this year. So I was even more surprised to find out that they mm. called him back and have loaned him out to us. And I was reading somewhere, I don't know if this is right or wrong, that they're likely to let him go at the end of this season as well. Brentford I'm talking about. So, you know, query, is he playing for a contract either with us or with a, another team? I don't know. Mm. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of skills there. And, uh, yeah, uh, it took a little time, I think, to settle in yesterday. But once he did, you know, that his fancy footwork and, you know, yeah, it, it, yeah it, it, I, you know, that's why Kioso's not getting a look in either now, is he? Yeah. I mean, he's not even on the bench yesterday, was yeah, he? Yeah, that was a shot. I, I was surprised at that. Mm. Um, yeah, I think Joe's right there, Danny. I think it took a, it took a bit of time to get into the game. Uh, 20 minutes or half an hour, it took a bit of time. But then when he did get into the game, he had, he had their defenders literally spinning at times. There was mm. a, that Bergkamp-esque turn in the first half, which may or may not have been ac- accidental. Um, <laughs> but there were another couple of ones in the second half at the far, uh, the, the, the away dugout where he just went past somebody like they weren't even there. He's, mm. We talked about Keener having the X factor. Fosu's got the X factor as well, hasn't he? Absolutely. I mean, there were certain moments in the game 
where we've played the ball out from defence and he's just gone past the defender like he's not there mm. and he's chasing after the ball and to have wingers that can beat their wing backs, I suppose, in a foot race like that, it's like, how have we got you? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um but yeah, there are times where he's turned and just gone past people and he's really good with the ball. Maybe took a few too many touches, but then again, yeah. is that us used to ball straight into the mixer to the big centre forward and we're trying to try something new? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see with that one. But in terms of an individual, Fozu ran riot on that left side, mm-hmm. I think. But, but for me, it's just cutting side a little bit more, more balls into the box. Other than that, borderline faultless, in my opinion. There was one occasion, the one occasion in that second half where he ended up get he picked the ball up on the edge of our box and he ended up getting two Sheffield United players to tackle each other. Yes, he did. On the backsides and and and, and carried the ball into the pitch and ended up mm. winning the box. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's he's definitely got some quality about him. But I th- again, he feels like he's another one of these players that's quite raw, and and he can't be can he with the experience he's got, but he just. I don't know. He just it, it, there are times when he, he could release the ball quicker than that, I think. Mm. But how old is he? Twenty six, I think. Twenty six ish. I'll. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, right Twenty seven. Ah. So yeah. yeah. So he should be coming into his prime, shouldn't he? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It might me minutes. Minutes on pitch. He had been playing for Stoke, but I don't think he started the last few games prior to leaving them. And we've not played for two weeks, have we? I suppose. Um, yeah, uh, John Rails has always liked the look of him off the bench for Brentford. However, don't do cheap deals regarding the summer. <laughs> I agree. Um, let's now talk about one of the biggest turnarounds in players in a long, long time in Hakeem Adolphin. Um, this poor one could not get on the pitch last season, Mick. And even this season, up to when Matt Tiller came in, this guy could not get minutes. Um, and I think Matt Tiller played in his first game, I think. Mm. He instantly clearly saw something in the guy um, and has kept his place in the team. When we'd maybe not, he didn't expect him to keep his place on Saturday with the, with the, with the signs we'd made. Mm. Um, he's just undroppable at the minute, Adolphin. He is so, so good. He gives you so much defensively and offensively. Uh, there's a lot to like about him. Quality, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> absolute quality. Uh, he's, he's, he, he's, he reminds me of um, a little bit. He's, he's kind of a, a, a pound shop Vieira, isn't he? You know what I mean? He's that type of player. I, I'm, I'm doing him a bit of a disservice there because, but but he's that kind of player. You know, he's got he's, he's deceptively quick. Very. You know, he's very very good in the air. Uh, he can pick a pass out, but he breaks play up so well. He breaks it up so well. Um, I, I've been so impressed with him. It he, he was close on for me, man of the match yesterday, mm. uh, but he wasn't going to take overtake Cam Humphries, unfortunately. Um, but but he, he was he was certainly certainly second in that list by, by some distance for me. I thought it was outstanding. I'm so pleased for him. Because he's, he's been patient, he's waited, waited, he's bided his time. He's now got his chance and he's grabbed it with both hands. Hugely, hugely impressed with the King of Gotham. Massively impressed. <laughs> John Morrell says, Mickey's determined to get clear. Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm definitely going to regret that one. 
I regret it already. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Sarah Ogden says, I don't know why previous man didn't like um, a Dauphin. And Neville Boyd says, it would Dauphin or Humphreys for man of the match. Yeah, he just brings that physicality. We've missed that physicality, Joy, probably since Crooks left. And in the midfield, mm. as much as Barlas and Wiles and Rathbun are amazing at what they do, there's a massive lack of physicality. But Adolphin brings that. He's got a massive leap on him. He's still very good on the ball. He's, he's no slouch on the ball. Um, and he has that, that, that header. He maybe should have done better with the header, but he still did very mm. well to get that head off. It took a really good save mm. not to make it 1-0. Um, there's so much to like about him, isn't there? I mean, I like him. I mean, he's a big old unit as well, and he's got such long legs on him. He, he, he sort of eats the ground up once he gets galloping up that field. And he really is box to box, isn't he? Mm. I mean, one minute he's, he's helping out the defence, like you say, breaking up, um, you know, the, the play. And then the next thing is in the, the box, you know, heading a, you know, heading a ball or as he did against uh, Blackburn scoring a, a screamer, you know. So, I mean... And he does score some screamers, doesn't he? Yeah, he's he's right. screamers. You know, so he knows how to crack a catch it right. So, you know, more power to the lad. I mean, was it, oh, when we were at Luton, I don't know whether it was a players' family day out or, or something, but I bumped into Hax's mum. I was talking to her before the match and she was uh, really pleased that he was there. And, you know, I mean, he did come on the pitch towards the latter end that day. And obviously... Um, the Irish mob were there, weren't they? For Kelly, his family were <laughs> yeah. there. There were loads of them, weren't there? At Luton, yeah, well. I don't know. Perhaps they were having a Christmas do or something after Luton, but they were all families were there, weren't they? And, yeah. But you know, it's just really nice uh, for somebody who's been in the background uh, to come to the fore and, and and take you know his opportunity with both hands. I mean, where are we with contracts on his? Is he? Is he out this year or has he got another year? tonight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he is age-wise, he's 24. So he's a really, really good age. Uh, yeah. Still his best years to come. Contract is due to expire at the end of next summer. Oh, I thought it might mm. be. So. so another one. Perhaps another we need one. to be having a conversation oh, with him as well then. Mm. Yeah, mm. I'd say so. Yeah. Uh, Shall I see, says, regarding a Dauphin, do you think it's down to Matt Taylor giving him the chance and believing in him? Definitely helped his confidence. And we talked about this with Kev a few, a few episodes ago, Danny, that when he first came in, I can't it was the Millwall game or the Ipswich game, he really struggled. It wasn't the, it wasn't the Dauphin we had now, but now he's played the minutes. Now he's got a bit more confidence under his belt. And I probably think he's been asked to play a different role as well. I think he's been asked to be a bit more box-to-box than he has done initially, certainly under the previous manager as well. Mm. Um, he's, just, he's just become a joy to watch. Yeah, he has. And he's slowly becoming one of my favourite players as well because he really gets stuck into a game, especially yeah. when he starts. He's in it from the first minute. Uh, and that rhymed. I've done well there. Um, but yeah, Adolphin's come on leaps and bounds since Taylor's come in. And I think it is down to Taylor believing in him, uh, like you say, playing a slightly different role as well, a bit more box to box. And he's just doing well, isn't he? Yeah. And then, and like you say, another one that we need to start looking at his contract and going, you could be here for a, a fair whack now, now that you've shown this level of improvement that quickly. Um, but yeah, just to, just to bounce off what you said, Joy, Adolphin only scores screamers. That That is his thing, he only scores screamers. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, more power to him, hope he cracks on, hope he's here for a bit, because he could, like Ollie, he could be a real, real asset. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, Neville Boy says, didn't Adolphin struggle with a niggling injury? I think he's had a few injuries, but nothing major. You know, he never tore a hamstring or pulled a, a really bad tear or anything like that. He just never got the minutes, except in Papa John's last season. Um, yeah. I'm just happy he's here now. He, yeah, he's, yeah. It's, it's good. It seems like a good fit. A right player at the right time, it feels like. Mm. Yeah. Um, hopefully he keeps his place. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen next week. We'll talk about that next episode. Um, Mike the Miller wants to say, I know he didn't have he didn't have much to do yesterday, but isn't it great to have such a solid keeper? He asks, who is better in the championship than him? Oh, wow. John Morell says that Gunn from Burn, the Burnley keeper at Brody and Preston are all statistically better. And Mike the Miller says they are lies, damn lies, and statistics. <laughs> <laughs> like it, Mike. Um he didn't have a lot to do, but he just some keepers just fill you with confidence, Mick. It's like a nice blanket at night. You don't have to worry about it. You just feel safer. And Victor's just one of those type of people. I just feel safer when Victor's around in the team. And he's he's just, he didn't have what to do. But what he did, he still did very, very, very well. I, I think it's unfair, really, for us to, to talk about Victor. I mean, we, we, we love him so much. He's such a such a good goalkeeper. He's, he's got so much class about him. He's got so much ability. He's such a likeable bloke. He's such a character. Everything about him just makes you want to makes you want to hug him, doesn't it? It does. It's just it's just it's just wonderful. So uh, I don't. Yeah, I, I I agree with Mike. He he's he's absolutely straight out of that top draw. Is that man? And, and the fact that he has not been considered for Sweden uh, Sweden squad is utterly baffling. I'll be honest, it's absolutely baffling. Um, but anyway, whatever. Um, we love him. Absolutely adore the man. Yes, we do. Um, Carl Scott says, Victor had the Blades fans on strings <laughs> with the ball in the net. Uh, also, if, anybody, if you weren't in the game, we would not have seen this, but Victor kicked over a couple of cameras as well. Yes, um, he did, yeah. <laughs> Sheffield had a GoPros or something behind the net. Victor just went over and knocked them over whilst they were getting the ball. Um not that it mattered because they didn't score anyway. Um, it, yeah. it, it makes you think, has Taylor actually said something to the players? You know, like, I'm sure we've, a lot of us have seen what Jose Mourinho said in the Tottenham Till I Die Amazon series. I won't repeat it because we don't swear on this podcast, or at least try not to. But it makes you think, has Taylor said something similar to our players? Because I'm seeing a lot more finesse behaviour from our mm. players now, including from Victor, which, which I'm all for. It's like in the first half when um, Ndai won that foul that wasn't a foul. And we just sort of just left the ball. And just to go, it wasn't a foul, you can go and fetch it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought were hilarious. And we just sort of went, no, I'm sure foul, off you go. Same with Victor with the ball on the net. He's like, wait, the ball gone. Absolutely mm. all for it. And just to mention with Victor as well, there was some Harambe fans in New York Stadium. Yes, mm. that I just saw at the end of the game. I saw the green and white scarves out. And Victor went and said hello. So, thank you for coming to New York Stadium. Hope you enjoyed. Welcome to the Swedes. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, let's just have two minutes on on the sort of the, what, what does this team joy because it feels a different team. You know, let's use the Millwall game as an example because it was the FA Cup. The, when there's been plenty of changes personnel wise, but the style of play is so different. It's night and day. It's, it, I can't believe it's the same manager in charge compared to that. It feels this is Rotherham United. This is this is normal Rotherham United almost, but better maybe. 
Yeah, and perhaps Matt Taylor's getting the message about what Matt, uh, Rotherham United mm. is in terms of what expectations are in uh, how we play, you know, that high-press game, you know, the effort, the 100%, mm. you know. I mean, there's that... Um, was, was it a couple of weeks ago when they're meant to have had that meeting, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. the first team, and uh, that a few people have referred to? And since then... Since they had this meeting pre Blackburn, look look what's happened. Yeah. You know, and and perhaps they've between you know the players and the management regime, they've uh, got an understanding about Matt understands the Rotherham ethos, the way you know the Rotherham culture maybe, but he's now putting his stamp on it, the Matt Taylor stamp on it as well. Mm. You know, with the type of players that we're getting, you can't say that they're not a lot better than what we've had in previous windows. Can you? Yeah. I mean, that transfer window was, well, it was gobsmacking for me as a Rotherham fan of 60 years standing nearly. You know, <laughs> it, 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 I've never known how it like it. Uh, you know, uh, one after the other, it's like, oh, 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 <laughs> you know. Um, uh, and, and, and it's given us more than half a chance, isn't it? Mm. I, mean, I remember mm. in 2014 when we went to Derby that first game and they scored in that last few minutes and I thought we're not going to go down this season and I thought, thought that and when I watched that game yesterday I thought we're not going to go down this season and that's mm. the first time I thought it this season we're not going to go down this season I like the positivity mm. feel, it feels like we're a million miles away from a relegation side at the minute personally but we're only in February, aren't we? You know, yeah. we could go lose three 0 to Blackpool next Saturday, and we're all having some serious, oh. different conversations, aren't we? Matt, don't start. <laughs> that's, that's the key game, though, isn't it? Let's be honest. Next week yeah. is 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 more important in one sense than the last game that we've just played. Mm. You know, and uh, if we can be anywhere as near as uh, good as we have been these last three games, then I don't think you know. I think Blackpool have probably got more to fear than we have. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, very agree. Uh, final mention of players, make a come to you. Coventry, Connor Coventry, did a, did uh, in the comments says, did a job on Berg and his game management off the ball was easily up there. Made a few million pound player look like an amateur. Second half, we saw glimpses of what he might to do. Um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought he had a good game. I thought it was quiet. I thought it was one of the quieter players mm -hmm. on the pitch. But if you, but Shelley's probably right, it was doing a job for the team. Um, it looked pretty good technically, set pieces were okay. Yeah, I thought he did fine. I've got no complaints at all. I'm saying fine sounds like I'm digging a bit, but I've got no complaints really. No, I mean, there's definitely a player in there, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Definitely. You know, and, and when he reaches puberty, just think what he's going to be like then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I saw him after the game and he's like, how young does he look? <laughs> it looked like he should have been in a school uniform. It's not fair. It's just not fair. I do think I feel like I'm only a year older than him, and I look old. I look a lot older than he does. You look, you look my age in comparison. To him. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I mean, it, it, yeah, he's quality. He is going to be quality. There's no doubt about it. He took a little bit of a time to to sort of get into the game, mm. didn't he? Um, and 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 sort of get his eye in, if you like. Um, but uh, as, as, as he progresses a little bit further through the season, I don't think we're uh, we're going to have any problems with that lad. He is uh, he has got some quality. So um, him and Yelder, you know, I think there's. I've mentioned Yelder. You know, Evan and then he played all right, and he's like he's like a school kid as well, and it's like having a couple of little school kids in the team. Um, we and, we're, and we're, that way, and, and having Ollie as captain as well, it's like 
<laughs> they, they, they just they'd like they're having the time of their lives, and then to mm-hmm. certainly Ollie and Yelda, they're having just the best life, aren't they? You know, they, yeah. they, they seem happy with everything. And but yeah, Conor Coventry, class like that lad, he's going to be. There's no doubt about it. You can see it. Mm. Yeah. A um, couple of just briefly mentioned the, the picture, the relegation picture. Wigan obviously had another struggle. Cardiff lost, and their manager, I don't have the quote in front of me, but their, their manager came out and said that they you are. Can't not, it. I can't quote it because it's, it's, it's bad, but he basically said they are not very good, and now is the time to panic. He's been in the job about 10 days. Um, <laughs> so things are not going very well at Cardiff. They are not yet in the relegation zone, but if. If they keep going the way they're going, they are going to be. Uh, they play an extra game than everybody else as well, Cardiff. They play 30 games. We play 28. Huddersfield, Blackpool and Wigan only play 28. As people have mentioned in the comments, Huddersfield play Blackpool on Tuesday night uh, before Blackpool play Rotherham, obviously, on Saturday afternoon. Um, Blackpool will be sitting there thinking, Danny, hey, there's six points on the table here. Yeah? And if they can get six points, they will be sitting on 32 points of what we're on now. But Huddersfield will be thinking the same and we'll be thinking the same about next Saturday. It's mm. it's getting good. Yeah, it's getting tasty now, isn't it? <laughs> We're in that phase where one club's manager has basically said, you know, panic stations. And then we've got a week where everybody's playing everybody down that way. Um, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and say if we match the performance level that we had against Sheffield United, we will absolutely smoke Blackpool. Mm. It's very hard to match that sort of level between a team that's probably going to go up and a team that's in a relegation scrap because it's and one game being a local derby. That's two completely different. Well, yeah, two different entities altogether. But if we match that level and Blackpool don't turn up, they're going to get smoked. I don't think that's the case because obviously Blackpool will step up with it being a relegation rival potentially, but. Football's a funny old game, isn't it? We've drawn nil-nil with Sheffield United, not conceded all season to them, and it's just the Rotherham thing to do to go to Blackpool, have a massive day out at the seaside, and then lose one nil. Yeah, it'd be very Rotherham United. It would. Um, yeah, Shirley says there's easily four or five teams worse than us. Uh, this is the only one season in in this league. Yeah, I probably I probably agree with that. But you've got to get the points on the board. With 32 points. You could say we're, we're only four wins away from survival, potentially. Maybe five if you want to push it. Uh, that's how, that's how close we are. But that feels still like a while away. Um, anything else you want to talk about on tonight's show? We've run a little bit longer than normal. Anything else we want to mention or talk about tonight? Save Yelda for Thursday's episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, quick mention to seeing all four sides of the ground mm. stand up and clap for Henry Evans. That was absolutely Beautiful. class. So thank you to all Robin fans and to any Sheffield United fans watching for doing that. It were incredible. Absolutely incredible to see. Mm. Yeah, completely agree. It was beautiful. <laughs> John Morell wants to mention, before he goes, he wants to recommend <laughs> some Swansea fans' vlogs <laughs> from the weekend for some salty Welsh tears and absolutely glorious to behold. Yeah, everybody's not seen that. <laughs> Well, Birmingham were losing going into the 90th minute and they won 4-3 um, so yeah John's having a good weekend yeah <laughs> right well, we'll finish that there thank you for being with us if you haven't please subscribe if you're on YouTube or, on, or you're not on YouTube go over to YouTube please subscribe to the YouTube channel creeping up to 900 and if you want to watch Mick talk post-match about it the instant reaction is up it was not so instant 
by the time it went up. It's not worth watching, don't bother. <laughs> um, we will be back on Thursday evening, so Thursday evening for the, for the YouTube show, Friday morning for the audio podcast, where we'll be looking ahead to one of the biggest games of the season, so probably the biggest game of the season so far, um, as we go to the seaside. All, we all go to the seaside. So we're all going to get a donkey ride. Uh, we're going to go up slots. Uh, it's going to be lovely. Uh, we'll talk about that on Thursday's episode. Um, Danny, pleasure to have you back with us tonight. Thank you very much. Yep, always a pleasure, lads. Enjoy. <clears throat> lads and lasses, the New, the New York talk lads and lasses now, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, John Morell, just finally for you, mate. John Morell says he's off to search for the Harry Suter best bits video. He'll be searching a while well, for that, John. John, I already tweeted it earlier on this afternoon, mate. <laughs> Uh, Joy, thank you for being with us. It's been lovely to speak to no you again. Problem. Yeah, see you next time. And Mick, no rant today, but you know, maybe next time. Yeah, I'm sure you'll clip clip enough to get me in trouble on social media, mate. I'm sure. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everybody. It's been lovely, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you very much. Bye. 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 Ravel, with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again! The magic man has come up with another trick! Well, there's a chance to seal it! It's done! It's Georgie Kelly! Rotherham United pathway back to the championship is opening up! The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.